0: Amen. Are you ready to hear from God's word? Yes. Can we shout aloud, Hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. So I ask that you keep your hearts open, your minds open, and your Bibles open. And and your notebooks as well. Even as we hear from God's word. I'm gonna say this before we start. Uh, I wasn't I, I totally forgot to put the verses for today. Uh, on the in the presentation software. So uh, today is a good exercise for us to open our Bibles, go back and forth, and mark verses. Amen. So uh, this morning I'm going to share with you on the power of living in God's presence. You know, I, I believe as as Christians, as believers, this is an important subject for all of us to know because it'll help us draw closer to God. You see, when when God made us, He made us with a purpose. He didn't just create us, give us a task and disappear, but rather he created us, gave us the purpose, gave us the task and then helps us accomplish the task every single day. The way that God helps us accomplish his calling, his purpose and his task that he has given us is by his presence. Now let me give you an example of that. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6, can we turn to that? Can somebody read Deuteronomy 31 6? Quickly. Deuteronomy. It's in the Old Testament. <laughs> Amen. What, is, what does this Bible say? What does the verse say? For the Lord your God goes with you. If you read in the New Living Translation, it says like this, For the Lord your God will personally... Go ahead of you. And it goes on to say, He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Now think of what it's saying. Is it saying do not panic? Why? Because you are an amazing nation. Is it saying do not panic because you are awesome? Why? It is saying do not panic because there is somebody who is going before you. There is this God, the Yahweh, the Elohim, the God who spoke the universe into existence, who is personally... Personally, going ahead of you. You see, this is a verse that was spoken by Moses to the Israelites. Moses reaches a time in his life when it was time for him to kick the bucket. It is time for him to say goodbye to the world and go into the place where God wanted him to be. And so, and the time comes in and actually people are are wondering, you know, what do we do? Because our leader, the man who brought us out of Egypt is now going away. It's, it's a time, you know, they're worried about the future. And in that time, you see what Moses does. He directs their focus on one thing that is on God's presence. You see, Moses understood this truth, that he was able to lead the children of Israel, the people of Israel for all these years in the wilderness, not because of who he was, not because of the amazing leader that he is, but because of the presence of God. We have to understand that, see, Moses was able to be the leader that he was because of God's presence that empowered him. So when, you know, when his life is now coming to an end, people are worried. People are wondering what's going to happen. But what he does is this, he directs their attention towards God's presence and he says, God will personally go ahead of you. He will personally go ahead of you. Because all along Moses knew it was God's presence who led them this far. Amen. How many of you you are with me? You understood what I'm saying? So Moses is directing the focus towards God's presence, telling them that God will go ahead of you. Can we read that verse again? Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6. All of us together. So be strong and courageous, do not be afraid and do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You see, this is why I say that he not only gives us the task, but goes before us to help us complete the task. You see, God will will not get you a medical seat and disappear. He will get you a seat and will help you complete the course. He will put you on a journey in life and will help you reach the finish line. He's not a God who abandons you. He's not a God who will leave you halfway through. But he's always the God who finishes what he starts. That is what Paul reminds the church at Philippi. He is able to complete what he has begun in you. Amen. If he has given you salvation, he will help you grow in your faith every single day. If he has given you something... He will help you grow in it every single day. That's who our God is. And the way he does that is by his presence. He empowers us with his presence. You see, one of the things that God promised Moses, the first thing that God ever promised Moses was, Moses, I will go with you. God gives him the task and doesn't tell him, I'm going to go to Egypt. Now you travel all the way to to that place and wait for me. I'll meet you there. No. See, God didn't tell the Israelites... Saying, listen, I'll go to the promised land. Once you reach there, just let me know. And I'll come and meet you on the other side. No. God calls us and then walks with us in every step. That is why the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because there is a God who is walking with him. You get that? See, God's presence empowers us to do the very things that he has called us to do. You know, we began this month, April uh, 2019, with this beautiful promise verse from Exodus 33, 14. It's a verse that, word that God speaks to Moses saying, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I I still remember, you know, on on April 1st, early in the morning as I was preparing, I read this verse, I was so, so comforted. And I was assured that God will go before me. You know, see, this is a verse, Exodus 33, 14. Uh, that I've preached on so many times. I've preached on this, I've studied this verse, but every time I read it, it brings me new strength because it assures me that God is going to go with me in this journey. You see, church, I can assure you this, that if all of us can experience the presence of God, God going before uh, before us every day, we don't have to worry about anything. We can face every challenge that comes our way. We can face every hurdle that comes our way if God goes before us. Because what God does is His presence empowers us to live for Him more than ever. His presence empowers us to be more courageous. His presence empowers us to be bold than before. Church, I want you to listen to me carefully. This is my desire, that all of you will know will learn what it means to live in His presence and will experience the power of living in His presence every single day. I want you to experience this. You see, the very reason we all can sustain our lives every single day, whether we realize it or not, it is because of God's presence that is going before us. I can tell you as a testimony, this is like the humble testimony that I can share. I was here this morning just reflecting on all the days that have gone by all the months that we have been running this church. And I realized that if it wasn't for God's presence, we can't have another service. Honestly, we are able to have a service on the 14th of April this morning because of God's presence. Because what God does is even before we come to the church, he goes ahead of us, clearing out all the hurdles. Just, you know, making the way for us so that we can stand in peace and worship Him. Just imagine if it wasn't for God, then we won't be worshipping. Probably we might be distracted so much, we might be disturbed in our sleep so much that we would still be sleeping on our beds. But what God does is that He wakes, up, wakes us up in the morning, prepares us for church, brings us to church, prepares our hearts, you know, makes us listen to the Word and helps us grow in His Word. And all along what's empowering us is His presence. Amen. Can we shout aloud hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. You see, so let, let me talk more about this. So what is the presence of God? What is the presence of God? Let me explain this as clearly as possible. We can have like an entire study on this, but I'm going, just going to give it in a very short, simple way. What is the presence of God? The presence of God is an experience of God that convinces us of his truth in scriptures. Can I say that again? The presence of God is an experience of God that convinces us of his truth that we read in scriptures. For example, you know, we read verses like, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in the book of Isaiah it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And also the Bible says, no one will stand against you all the days of your life. So we see all these wonderful promises. What the presence of God does is that it validates the promise. For example, God says, you know, I will strengthen you. There's a verse in the Bible. When we experience the presence of God, we will feel much more stronger. So what it does is, in turn, it validates what we have read. Okay, let me give you another example. Let's say that you're very weak. You're sick of everything that's happening in your life, so you go in prayer. You say, Lord, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm really feeling very weary. Lord, help me. When you enter into prayer, you will realize within 20 minutes of prayer, you will experience new strength in you. You will experience a joy that you didn't have 20 minutes before. How did that happen? It is God's presence working in that moment, strengthening you, strengthening you, giving you new strength, making you bold, making you courageous. So that is why, you know, when we enter into prayer, we feel much stronger than before. We feel more bold than before. We feel more courageous because God's presence empowers us according to his word. So his word says, I will never leave you. I will strengthen you. I will make you bold and courageous. You know, it says all of these things and God's presence does that to us. So we not just read the truth, but we experience it to the power of God's presence. How many of you understood this? How many of you understood? Yes. So that's what it means to live in God's presence. So God's presence is an experience of God that convinces us of his truth in scripture. When you experience God's presence, you'll truly know, yes, I've not just read the word, now I've truly experienced it. Like when you're lonely sometimes, and when you experience the presence of God, you'll feel like there is someone sitting next to you. And that validates this truth that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? Right? That's what presence of God does. It convinces of the truth in scripture. So what does it mean to live in God's presence? So living in God's presence means to pursue God and pursue the thing that he wants to do. We, we There's this term that we can often read like living in God's presence, you know, seeking after God's presence. What that actually means is to live a life where you pursue God and pursue the very thing he wants you to do. There's a little bit of a teaching session in between before I get into the full sermon. Is that okay with all of you? Yeah. So what does it mean to live in the presence of God? Living in God's presence means to pursue God and pursue the very things that he wants you to do. For instance, if there is a man who is after God's will, who is seeking to do God's will, what he would do is he would wake up every day in the morning and ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? You see, the very act of seeking God like that is actually living in his presence. Right? See, when you're at home, when you're in the presence of your father, and if you have, say, you know, if you're taking up your dad's business and if you're helping him out, then you'll be waiting for your dad to give you some work, tell you something so that you can go ahead and get the work done. In the same way, when we're living in God's presence, we will always be keen on fulfilling what. He wants us to do. That's what living in God's presence means. Amen. Have you ever wondered why God allows you to experience his presence? This great God, magnificent God, awesome, amazing God. Have you ever wondered why he allows you to experience his presence? He loves us. Okay. Okay. Let me let me say this from the perspective that I'm talking this morning. The reason why God allows us to experience His presence is so that we may fulfill the purpose for which He has created us. We have to understand that God's presence is never given to us to fulfill our own desires, our own agenda, but rather to fulfill God's desires, His purpose and plans. And often there's a big conflict, thinking, oh, if I fulfill God's desires, what about my desire? The beautiful thing about fulfilling God's desire is that when you fulfill his desire, you will realize that everything that you ever wished for, asked for is found in him. So you are satisfied way more in fulfilling God's desire than if you had fulfilled your own desire. You get what I'm saying? You always think, okay, what about my will? What about my plans? What about my agenda? You know, I I used to think like that very, very often. What about, because I was very ambitious, I had five-year plans and all of that. And then I realized that I have to do God's will. And once I started doing God's will, I realized that everything that I had wished for, that I had asked for, from my marriage to everything that I have today, I thought of it, I thought I can do it on my own. But when I came to God, He gave everything into my hand. That's the beauty of fulfilling God's will. So the reason why God gives us his presence is so that we may fulfill his purpose, his plan for our life. Moses asks for God's presence because he wants to fulfill the task. He wants to get through this journey because he knows without God's presence, he cannot make it. Because God's presence is what empowers us to live for him and to fulfill the tasks that he has given us. Amen. So we're going to look at how does God's presence empower us? How does it, you know, strengthen us? What is the way in which it empowers us? So there are three ways I'm going to talk in which God's presence empowers us. And finally, I'm going to share with you on how we can live in God's presence every day. Before that, I'm going to talk about how God's presence empowers us. Because we see the life of Moses, he was empowered by God's presence. You see the life of David? He was... Empowered. He was, you know, strengthened by God's presence. So many times when the enemies chased him, when Saul chased him, he felt more strengthened spending time with the Lord. So there are people in the Bible that we see who are empowered by God's presence. And so we're now going to see how does God's presence empower us and finally learn the way to live in God's presence every single day of our life. Amen. So the first way in which God's presence empowers us is that it helps us stay focused on the goal. The first way in which God's presence empowers us is that it enables us to stay focused on the goal. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 and 14. Can somebody read that verse? 13 and 14 yes. Amen. What does Paul say? Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. I press on toward the goal. You know, I've preached the background of this book so many times. I'm going to skip that. You see, the situation that Paul was in, he was in a jail right now. He was under arrest. Now, there were so many reasons for him to move away from the goal that God had given him. No, he could have moved away from the goal that God had given him out of despair. Like, what is this life? Beatings, floggings, jail cell, running away from people. Like, he could have said, I'm done with this. I can't take this anymore. He could have moved away from the goal that God had given to him out of despair. He could have said, listen, I've been in ministry for 27 years. I believe I've done good enough work. Now it's time for me to stay calm. Relax. But, 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 but you see what, what Paul is saying, he's saying I press on toward the goal. He's saying like this, I do not consider myself yet to have taken it and then he goes on to say I press on toward the goal. That's a powerful statement. And I can tell you, you know, personally being in ministry, it is, it is so easy to lose track of the goal that is ahead of us. Now, I, I, I sometimes wonder, you know, how was this man so fixed on the goal? That he's saying, I'm leaving everything that I've done. It doesn't matter how many churches I've planned, but I'm going to strain forward. I'm going to move towards the goal. I'm going to press on towards the goal. This man, in spite of all odds, he pushes on towards the goal. And I wonder how. But when we look at his life, there is one thing we can learn. That is, God's presence empowered him to stay focused in every moment of his life. Because when it came to his life in Christ, he was a man who sought, sought after God. If you look at the previous verse, just go to verse 10. Just go to verse 10. What does Paul say there? It's a very famous verse. Yes, what, what is he seeking after? He's seeking after, is he seeking after the benefits? He's seeking after Christ. He's saying, I want to know him more. So we can summarize it this way and say, listen, this man was a man who lived in God's presence so much so that his desires and even his own plans didn't matter. In Galatians 2.20 he says, I no longer live but it is Christ who lives in me. See, he considered himself dead, which means no more his plans, no more my agenda, no more what I want to do, no more anything about me, but it's all about Christ. When he began living all about Christ, he was empowered by God's presence. And it teaches us something that he lived a goal-oriented life because God's presence helped him stay focused on the goal. Stay focused on the goal. You know, as, as you figure out your purposes in life and, and find out, you know, what really God wants you to do. And once you figure that out, this is something you have to do. Very important. Every single day, set your eyes on the goal. Set your eyes on the goal. Because I can tell you, you know, there are things that I've done in, in the beginning of ministry that I was, you know, reflecting yesterday and I thought to myself, I wish I had not done that. I wish I had not done this. Because what what happens is we get caught up in the motion, you know, into the habit of doing things. And it's so easy to lose track of what God really wants you to do. Because what happens is in ministry, you see, even though the church is small, I started working on the worship after service last Sunday. I was in church at five o'clock recording the song, preparing the tracks for it, sending it, so much of work that needs to be done. And in all that work, you know what happens Prayer slightly becomes the side thing. It goes to the side. And when you stop praying, you stop pursuing God. And when you stop pursuing God, all of a sudden, there is no goal. You're like, you know, what's happening? I, I, I was very goal-oriented and all of a sudden I realized, I'm losing sight of the goal. I'm losing sight of the goal. Look at Paul's life. In verse 10 he says, I want to know him more. And then he goes on to say, I press on towards the goal. In other words, because he sought God so much, because he was after the presence of God so much, you know what happened? As a result, he was empowered to be focused on the goal that God had given him. See, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you are, you know, uh, very goal-oriented, two days of the week, another three, three days of the week, you forget everything. If you find yourself in a pattern where you want to work hard, but you're not able to work hard, listen, seek after God more than ever. Because when you seek after him, he will bring all the goals right in front of you. He will tell you, listen, this is what you're supposed to do. See, there are times what happens is God wakes me up and he says, listen, I want you to pray for this person. Listen, I want you to do this. Get this work done right now within five minutes. Get it done. I hear it. And I hear that only when I pursue God. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I have the privilege of hearing it, but I hear it only when I'm alert and awake saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And there are mornings I wake up and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? God gives me the task. I get that done. And it's such a happy day. You see, that's the kind of life we have to live. If we ever find ourselves, you know, working hard two days and then not working at all for the next three days, what we have to do is to say, Lord, help me stay focused on the goal. We have to ask the Holy Spirit. We have to seek after God every single day because the more we seek Him, He will empower us to stay focused. Amen. There's a problem with that generation today. And, I, and when I talk to young people, they say, it's very hard for me to stay focused on one thing. I'm working on something for five minutes, and the next minute, another thought comes, and I'm totally lost. What I was doing, I was talking to somebody, and they told me like this, that sometime, they would be praying, and all of a sudden, they'll be distracted, and even without their knowledge, they'll be working on something else for more than an hour, and then they will realize, oh, I was praying. Where did I even stop? You see what happens? God's presence empowers us to stay focused. If we even, let's say the small practice of entering into prayer. When we enter into prayer, we have to say, Lord, lead me. Lord, help me. That's the way of praying in the spirit. Lord, help me. I need your help. And when we do that, what happens is he helps us stay focused on what we're doing at that moment at that moment. So, what God's presence does is that it empowers us to live, to to pursue the goal that, sorry, it empowers us to stay focused on the goal. Amen? Amen. The second thing is this. God's presence empowers us to be more dependent on God. First one was focus. Second one is that it empowers us to be more dependent on him. This is a, a beautiful thing about God's presence. You see, the more you grow in God's presence, the more you seek after him. It'll be very hard for you to come back or come out of that lifestyle. Because it empowers you to be so dependent on God for everything that if you have a need, you won't ask your parents first, but you'll ask God. God, this is what I need. When somebody accuses you, you will not fight back, but you'll say, "Lord, this is what they're talking about me." When somebody slaps you, you will say, "Lord, I'm upset. I'm angry." Even instead of retaliating, you'll be more dependent on him, just telling him everything. Let's just think of this friend that you would have had at some point in your life where you love to share everything. Right? Some of, All of us would have had such friends and then we realized this friend was a backstabber. <laughs> we stopped talking to them. Uh, there are friends whom we can share everything with. We've had at some point in our life. God is a friend like that see the more you depend on him the more you depend on his presence so the more you seek his presence you become more dependent on him we sang this song friend of God a beautiful song a simple song but it has very deep meaning to it Jesus tells his disciples I no longer call you slaves but I call you friends you see it's like a slave doesn't know what a master is doing but Jesus says I've told you everything that's the kind of relationship we have. We will understand that more. We will experience that more. We will become more dependent on Him if we seek Him. Because His presence empowers us to be dependent on Him. Now, Sometimes we may be uh, even struggling to trust in the Lord. Like we know we have to trust, but we cannot trust. Like we know we have to put our hope in Him, uh, put our faith in Him, put our trust in Him in this situation. But it will still be a struggle. We will be thinking, Lord, why? Why am I not able to trust in You? And we will even pray saying, Lord, I cast out this devil that is keeping me from trusting (laughs) You." Instead of doing all that, just say, Lord, empower me with your presence that I will grow more dependent on you. This is a beautiful thing that all of us have to do because the more we grow dependent, I tell you, there will be nothing, no other relationships or nothing that can even uh, satisfy you like the way God can. When you experience his presence, you will be confident of yourself. When you experience his presence you won't look for other people to keep you happy. When you experience his presence you don't need another people to other person to validate who you are. Because his presence will strengthen you in such a way that you'll be strong, you'll be satisfied in him completely. Amen. So God's presence makes us more dependent on him. If you look at Exodus chapter 17 verse 8 to 16, there is a story here. There is a battle between the Amalekites and Israel. How many of you know that story? Exodus chapter 17 verse 8 to 16. In this battle what happens is this famous battle where Moses raises his hand and there is victory. Moses puts his hand down, Israel is losing. This is what happens in the battle. Now, we may wonder, why did Moses have to lift up his hand? What's in that hand? Does he have superpowers? Like Moses raises his hand and they're winning. Moses puts his hand down and they're losing. Now, tell me, how long can a man hold his hands up? How many of you have had this uh, punishment in school where you had to raise your hands? Hallelujah. Blessed are those who (laughs) have been there. Uh, We will always stand close to a wall where there will be some sort of a support where we will (laughs) just turn our hand. Those are the days. Look at the life of Moses here. Uh, Moses, what he does is that he assigns people saying, listen, go fight the battle. And he goes on top of the mountain. Now typically what will happen in those days is that the, the, the army will be sent out to fight and the commanders will stand on top of a hill watching the battle. So that's what's happening. So the Amalekites, they will have their own set of commanders standing on top of a hill. And Moses sent the army and he and Aaron and Ur are, are standing on top of the hill and watching the battle. And what Moses does is he lifts up his hand. Now Moses does not lift up his hand because there is magic or any power in his hand. But he lifts up that as a devotion to God. And there is a, there's a Jewish article that put it beautifully. It said... When Moses' hand went down and when they were losing, they looked up back to Moses and what Moses does is that he lifts his hand, pointing towards God. The reason why he lifted his hand is to show that victory comes from the Lord. You understand? See, at that time when, when Israel, Israel was losing, Moses was also a trained warrior. He was trained in martial arts. He was, he was like a good fighter. And he knew how to wage battles. When he he saw his nation losing, he could have gone down immediately and could have fought the battle. He could have immediately done something. He could have changed the military strategy. But what does he do? Even when he was losing, he grows more dependent on God. And when he grows very weary, Aaron and Hur come next to him, hold his hands up. You see, what that shows is dependency on God even in times of trouble. See, there are things that we may go through in our life, situations that we may feel like, God, I wish that you would work fast enough on this matter. I wish there would be a a quick response over these matters. We we, we think that, okay, why why can't God do something right now? Just change everything right now. Because there will be so much of, you know, good things that will happen immediately. But God does his things in his own time. But in all that moment, what He expects us to be is just be dependent on Him. Sometimes we grow really weary and what the presence of God does is that it empowers us to lift our hands up even when we don't feel like worshipping Him. Sometimes we may come to prayer and we feel like, Lord, I don't know what to even pray for. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I'm in despair. Lord, help me. Even in that moment, the Holy Spirit helps us pray. He helps us lift our hands towards heaven, be dependent More on Him. That's what God's presence does. It empowers us to grow more dependent on Him. Amen. The third thing, the third way in which God's presence empowers us, the third way in which God's presence empowers us is that it makes us remain humble. You know, humility is a strength, not a sign of weakness. In the world where we live today, humility is like a bad thing. It's like you've got to have some attitude. You've got to have swag. You've got to show off what you have. But see, when, when, when we experience the presence of God, it empowers us to remain more and more humble. The Bible talks about Moses like this. Numbers 12 verse 3. I'll read that for you. Please pay careful attention. It says like this. Now Moses was a very humble man. More humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. What does it say? More humble. Now just imagine even in those days. um, Israel alone was like 20 lakh and more people. There were the Babylonian nations. Egyptians. So many other civilizations were around by that time. And God says like this, that he was more humble than anyone else on, in Kankanadi, in Mangalore. Look at the geographic location that God is talking about on the entire face of the earth. How? How was this man able to remain so humble? You see, what happens before this, if you read chapter 12, is that Miriam and Aaron, his own siblings... Uh, Moses' own siblings, they look down at Moses because of the woman that he had married. So, this is looking down at him for, for all of these things and, and they're saying, oh, will only the Lord talk through Moses? Will he not speak through us and all of this? Moses does not retaliate. You see, the thing is this. When we go outside, if anybody says, if any of our friends say anything, we will bear with it. But when we come home, our siblings say something to us, we'll be the first one to punch them in the face. Now Moses is own brother and sister. They speak like this. Moses could have gotten angry, but what does he do? Did he retaliate? The Bible says he was humble. In other words, he's saying he didn't retaliate to all that they said. He didn't, take, he didn't worry about their insult because he was a man who was humble. He knew what the truth is, so he remained quiet and humble. And I, you know, I, I admire the humility of Moses and I, and I look at his life and I wonder where it came from. Because he was the prince of Egypt. He, he lived a royal life. You talk about royalty, this man lived it. He knows how to be a prince. He knows, he knows how to live like, a, like one of those kings, one of the people in the king's house. Had every privileges, every sort of best education that he can receive in those times. But he remained humble. He wasn't like this all the time. He wasn't like this all the time. But if you look at the life of Moses, it's easy to understand that he always sought after God and the more he sought, sought after God, he became more humble. See, he's coming down from the mountain. He receives the Ten Commandments. He's coming down from the mountain and he sees the people worshipping the golden calf. Now, if God wanted to destroy them, he would have sent fire immediately. But God also didn't do anything. But what does Moses do? He takes the tablet and just throws it on them. The very stone tablets that God wrote, he breaks it in a fit of anger. Even God doesn't do anything at that point. He waits, but Moses reacts quickly. So you see, his attitude was insane all the time, but the more and days went by, more and more time went by, he became humble. He grew humble and became more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. How? It is God's presence that empowered him. The Bible says like this, that Moses would would go to the tabernacle and when he came out, his face would be glowing. It will be like, you know, you have a spotlight on your face everywhere you go. Or just imagine if you you decided to use the whole powder bottle that day, (laughs) just painted yourself with some powder. Imagine that kind of a glow his face will be radiant because he spent time with God. And spending time with God empowered him to remain humble. Sometimes, you know, we may try to remain humble and calm in the face of all situations and then we may feel like, oh Lord, I'm not able to do this anymore. I'm not able to control my anger anymore. I'll tell you a best way to control your anger. If you want to become more calm, if you want to be able to control your anger, spend time in God's presence. Spend time in prayer. Your emotions, the way you react will change. Moses could have reacted with anger at this point. Like the way he reacted on the mountain. He could have done anything he wanted. Remains humble. See, that's what God's presence does. It empowers you to remain humble. Amen. Three things. It helps you stay focused, dependent, and finally, it helps you remain humble. So finally, I'm going to speak about how to, how to live in God's presence. And I have 12 points for this. Please write this down. I'm joking. <laughs> I have only one point. Some of you are like, 12 points, oh God. It's already time. <laughs> I have only one point. And it's very simple. And it's, a, it's just a 4 lettered word. Can anybody guess? I know you will think of love. Not prayer, not loving. Let me say that to you. How do I live in God's presence? This is very important. Now we have heard all about God's presence. How people are empowered by God's presence. How Moses was empowered by God's presence. How Paul was empowered by God's presence. How they were humble, dependent and focused on their goal. Now finally we are going to see one thing. How to live in God's presence every single day. Not not seek. It's very simple. What it is, is this. Obey. If you want to live in God's presence, you have to obey His word. Simple. Is it complex? Very hard to put it into practice. The way to live in God's presence is, first of all, you have to obey His word. There's nothing more complex than this. Obedience to God's word is the key to experiencing more of his presence. See, you will not be filled with God's presence. You won't experience more of his presence if, if an anointed man of God comes and lays his hand on you. That's just an experience momentarily. But you'll be able to experience his presence in its fullness when you obey him. See, more than sacrifices in the Old Testament, what does God desire? Obedience. What does Samuel the prophet say? Obedience is greater than sacrifice. David understood this truth. See, when he, when he committed a sin against Uriah against and Bathsheba, when he committed sin against the Lord, did David offer bulls and rams for sacrifice? The Bible doesn't record any of that. He says like this in Psalm 51, Lord, if you desires desired sacrifice... I have given it to you. But I know what you actually desire. You desire a broken heart. You desire a heart that is repentant. He understood that God requires obedience more than any outward acts. See, I can come on stage. I can preach the word to you. I can expound it and you may feel excited. But God doesn't look at all of that. He sees, after I get off stage, how do I remain obedient to him? The more I remain obedient to him, the more I can live in his presence. Let me give you some examples. See, when you look at the life of Saul, Saul was the first king of Israel, right? He was the first king of Israel. He was the tan- handsome, the tallest man. And he had features that would make him a king. So people made him a king. But w- what quality is that, was that in Saul that led him to... Let let God to take him out of his kingdom. Disobedience. The very reason that Saul lost his kingdom, lost God's presence, was because of disobedience. Let me give another example. Ezekiel chapter 10 verse 18 and 19. You can read this at home, just write down the reference. See next Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 10 verse 18 and 19. The glory of the Lord departs from the temple. In other words, in the Old Testament, another word for presence that is used is the word glory. Ezekiel writes like this saying, the glory of the Lord in verse 18 of chapter 10, the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. So basically what happens here is, this temple that people had built for God, a temple where God promises that his presence will stay, God takes it away from there. Why? Because people were disobedient to the Lord. Do you get what I am saying? The key to live in God's presence is not the way you sing or the way you can serve him or the kind of anointing that you have. The key to living in God's presence is obedience. If you desire to live every day, say, Lord, I want to live in your presence, you've simply got to obey his word. What does his word say? What does God want me to do today? What does his word command me to do? Simply do that. Simply do that. The more we obey his word, the more we will experience his presence. Samuel says like this about obedience, 1 Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? In other words, obeying the Lord is more pleasing to Him. Right? If, if you desire to please the Lord, what do you have to do? Obey His word. All our outward services are nothing. I tell you, our stage, my life on stage is a very small part. God is not going to be impressed over nice lights, nice uh, drums, nice backing tracks, nice keyboard. God is not blown away by all that. He's watching how is my attitude after I get off stage? How is our attitude when we go to work? Are we living by scriptures? Or are we living by world's standards? See, the Bible says like this, let no unnecessary word come out of your mouth. It's a a command to obey. But when we see some people, only unnecessary words come. Some people, you know, the moment you see them, all the... the, uh, whatever you never thought of saying you would want to say but even in that situation do you still hold on to staying true to God's word we can desire all we want Lord your presence is heaven to me all of that but the key to experiencing all that goodness begins with obedience begins with obedience and when we obey him He will empower us with His presence. And His presence will help us stay focused, dependent and finally humble. I want you to take this message as you go back to your homes. I want you to keep this in your heart. We often sing, Lord I need your presence. But the key to that is obedience. Nothing else. If Saul had obeyed the Lord, God would have let him have his kingship. But you look at David, God says, I'm going to choose a man who will do what I want him to do. A man after God's own heart. In other words, a man who is obedient to me. Man who is obedient to me. See, David was very careful in Psalm 51. He says like this, Lord, cast me not away from your presence. Why he knew he has disobeyed the Lord slept with another man's wife, killed another man, he knew he had disobeyed the Lord. And the prayer that he makes is, Lord, do not take your presence from me. Why he knows he may lose it like this. If he lives a life of disobedience, he pleads to the Lord, God forgives him, restores him. What God requires in us, if there there is any area that we have fallen short, what God requires is a, a repentant heart, where we say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've disobeyed you, but today onwards, I want to live an obedient life to you. I want to live a lifestyle where I am, you know, hearing from you. I'm putting your words into practice. I'm living according to scripture. Help me live that way. So the more you do this, the more you obey the Lord, the more you will experience his presence and his presence in turn will empower you. And the ways in which it will empower us, it will help you stay focused, dependent, and finally, humble. Let's close our eyes, stand up in God's presence. Let's ponder over our life. Let's just have a time of prayer. Let's tell the Lord, God, help me. Help me, Lord.